You're listening to the Optimal Performance Podcast. The OPP is brought to you by Natural Stacks, makers of 100% natural and open source supplements designed to help you live optimal. For more information on how to build optimal mental and physical performance into your oh, life, what's up, go to naturalstacks.com. Back to another episode of the Optimal Performance Podcast. I'm your host, Sean McCormick. On today's episode, we're joined by Anahata Ananda. Anahata is the founder of Shamanjelic Healing, and she's a certified high-performance coach, and she's guided thousands and thousands of individuals through core life shifts. And she really helps people uh, become the people that they want to be. Uh, Her skill and ability through training and practice and practical application for lots and lots of people through online courses, one-on-one sessions, Um, based out of her headquarters in Sedona, Arizona. It's all about getting people from point A to point B. And obviously, as as a coach, I think that that is a very noble cause. And she's really good. The information that she provides with us uh, in this episode is really useful. So if you can take notes, go ahead and take notes. Um, We cover renegotiating toxic relationships, quantum visualization, the importance of accountability, and specifically five steps for reinventing yourself. One of the core messages in this episode is all about how we can go through an internal process to visualize what we want out of this life. And I think for some of us, we just sort of go through the motions. We get caught up in our job and in our family and in our finances, and we never really take a second to explore what it is that we actually want and how we're going to go about getting it. She's got a special offer for you guys in the show notes. Go ahead and click through. Uh, She's offering a free guided visualization, which is pretty amazing, and also $100 off her Quantum Leap one-year online course, which is um, really popular. People really love it. Shamanjelic Healing is a robust website where you can get a whole bunch of information, and I really enjoyed our episode. As woo-woo as it sounds, it is not. It is based in science, and science is more and more proving the fact that we can actually create our future. Futures, um, starting on the, from the inside out. If you like this episode, if you dig it, please drop me a line, say hello, Sean at OptimalPerformance.com. And ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, Anahata Ananda. You're listening to the Optimal Performance Podcast, and I'm your host, Sean McCormick. It's the OPP. I'm a performance coach, a wellness entrepreneur, a blogger, a speaker, a biohacker, and it's my privilege to bring to you the leading experts in the field of performance. So let's dig right in. And we're here with Anahata Ananda. Anahata, welcome to the Optimal Performance Podcast. Oh, I am so excited to be here. And Sean, you and I have so much in common and such a deep resonance for our life passions. Uh, so I'm honored and excited uh, to be a guest uh, uh, today, for sure. Yeah, we're going to get along just fine. So <laughs> we already do. I'd like to start with the question, um, th- some of the, the, the terms that you use. Um, I, I want to know where the name Anahata Ananda came from and also um, uh, Shamanjelic Healing. Yeah, thank you for that. Um so uh, Anahata Ananda, uh, you know, after I was going through my dark night of the soul, uh, that's what kind of birthed from that place. I was in a, in a place where I wasn't really thriving and happy in life. And I just kind of dove into shamanism. I dove into spirituality, yoga, meditation. And I was just so hungry, Sean, for um, coming back into alignment and my own truth. I think I was living everybody else's dream life and not my own. And um, so in that process of going through my own healing and awakening, uh, I worked for many years, uh, studied with a, spiritual, uh, a couple spiritual teachers, and I knew like at the core level that it was going to be about the heart and, you know, my name, which in Sanskrit, Anahata means, is the Sanskrit term for the heart chakra. And so I kind of knew that that like that was just an inner knowing. And so when they came to me and they said, OK, we're, we're ready to give you your spiritual name. And I just kind of smiled because my heart just opened wide up. And they're like, yes, yes. All telepath, you know, telepathy. They're like, yes, yes, it's Anahata. And what we're adding is Ananda, which means blissful heart. And uh, and uh, it's 
you know, it was years before I actually used that name besides just with a few close friends because it was so big for me at that time that I was like, oh, I've got a lot of work because my heart has a lot of healing and a lot of growing to do before I can even feel into being more love than not love, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I had a lot of, I had a lot of work to do and it's still a process and a journey. So that's that was my spiritual name that which was I don't know 18 years ago or something like that. And uh shamangelic is this blending of this shamanic you know part of me that is just in my bones. Like shamanic wisdom and shamanic teachings just resonates with me. Um, there's a lot of knowing that is just there. And then when I kind of dove into studying shamanism, it just felt at home for me. And uh, the angelic part was also all of these, the spirituality kind of blending. And um, so that is these these two things kind of interconnecting. And a dear friend of mine over 20 years now uh, ago was I heard him using that term and I'm like, yeah, that's it. That's what I he goes, yeah, yeah. So we 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 started using that for our serum, uh, our breathwork ceremonies, and um, then I use that for my healing practice called shamanic healing. It rolls off the tongue. So. It really it, it, <laughs> it does. And and you know, in, in my experience um, with this sort of work, right? Um, I think of shamanism as um, um, sort of earthbound, um, using using Gaia, using tools, understanding you know, sort of what is embodied, what is, what is, um, what is in matter. And, and, and on the opposite end of that, of course, is, is angelic, which is the etheric and the non-physical. And so to put those together, uh, really, it just, yeah, it makes sense to me too. Well, and another part of that in my healing practice, when I started going through kind of in my dark night of the soul and my lowest point in, in this life, um, I really wanted to go deep and traditional therapies were just not getting me there. I had anger, rage, guilt, uh, shame, um, and I didn't really know that it was there. It was just a lot of stuff that I was holding that was kind of sabotaging my health, my choices, my relationships, my life, um, my my self-concept. And so uh, the shamanic uh, practitioner that I went to was able to go deep into the darkness and that was really, really powerful to be able to shed a lot of density and a lot of heaviness uh, relatively quickly and efficiently. And so I also uh, appreciate that shamanism is not afraid to go into the shadow and and fiercely look at it with radical honesty and um, bring it to the surface. And the angel, the flip side of that, um, you know, because my my shamanic teacher was, was so intense that it was also left me feeling a little bit like, okay, that just happened, but now where's the gentleness? And so when I started, you know, into my healing practice, I wanted to be able to bring the fire and the honesty and the courage, but also know when to alchemize gentleness, compassion, and tenderness. And uh, that's why that blending is also still really very important to me because it it seems to blend both aspects of that as well. Yeah. Because healing is not just supposed to be traumatic. It's also, um, the, if, if we're really going to be healing and being left more whole, it's not just about these cathartic releases, but it's also about the tender healing and and gentleness in the process as well. Yes. Yeah, one term that I keep seeing over and over and over and I didn't this is not written in my, down in my notes to, to talk about but just as you were describing that is this concept of spiritual bypassing um, oh, totally. where people just go straight to everything's okay it's cool I've got a Reiki healer and I've got it taken care of I'm just going to ignore the fact that my life's a mess I'm going to ignore all the darkness and just go directly for the light tra la la and and what you said was really important is that we have to face that shadow. We have to face that darkness because the light can't exist without it. It is it is the dualistic nature of our existence. It is as as above, so below. It is in and out. Um, that I do you see that sort of this trend of spiritual bypassing as we all on this planet become more awakened? Do you see? Uh, a lot of, do you see it frequently? Do you see this, this, this trend of spiritual bypassing? No, hundred percent. You know, a lot of people are really avoiding doing the work and, 
you know, with that, it's like, oh yeah, everything's okay. I think Sean, you make a valid point. And I see it work two ways because there's, there is a tendency at times for some people to be identified by their stories rather than move through it. So that's one, that's the opposite of spiritual bypass is, is like, is embracing so much the identity of the story that they can't move past it and are, uh, you know, claiming uh, the victim as their identity. And so instead of facing the fear, they faced it, but they haven't moved through it. So there's, that's one end of the spectrum. And then the other end of the spectrum is, oh yeah, it's the, the abuse. I know my father, my mother, whatever, it was just, you know, the best they could do. And I can hear them rationalizing it as at a mental level, but not really embodying it. Um, not really believing it and feeling it at a core cellular level, then I know they haven't yet done the work. Um, and in that in that situation, then whatever that uh, dynamic of the structure of whatever imprint came in from that experience, whatever fissure is still there from whatever you know experience from their past that they haven't really integrated, rationalized, you know, really deeply integrated and moved through, then that pattern is just going to keep repeating with somebody else um, uh, and a different class, you know, and a different person acting as the same person um, to see if you'll be ready to look at it now, you know, so it just keeps repeating until we're like, wow, I'm this old and I, and I, and I, I thought I dealt with my father shit already you know, or haven't I dealt with my broken heart from that relationship, you know, abandonment or the, you know, adoption, whatever the trauma or the story is. And a lot of times there's a, a lot of frustration that I feel clients come with. They're like, really, we're going to deal with this again. And I'm like, until it's resolved. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I, we want to be, be, be mindful to not energize it so much you know, because we don't want to reinforce the neural networks of being a victim by telling the story again, but we also want to actually move through it and move past it. Um, yeah. So. I mean, at, and at the heart of, and, and for the application of the podcast too, and the podcast title is that in order for us to be our best selves, in order for us to perform at the type of level that we want to, in order to optimize what we do in this body, in this life, there is work to do. And a lot of that work goes on silently. <laughs> a, lot, a, lot, a, a, a lot of that work um, is uncomfortable. It makes you squirm, but also you need to sit still with. And what I've known, what I know of you and what I've read of you and what I've listened to, to, the, to, to the wisdom that you, that you share is that, that as new age or woo as this seems to some people um it's rooted in practical behavioral changes and yeah. and i know um that breaking patterns that no longer serve us is an important part of 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 your message can you tell us a little bit because we all have patterns that don't serve us in order for us to be our best and to operate and and, and perform at an optimal optimal level what are some ways that people can break these patterns that are holding us back uh, I love the question because, you know, that's truly where the liberation comes from. And so if we have been having these patterns, then they're also going to be connected with neural networks and beliefs in our brain. So now we're getting out of the woo and right to the science, because I love that science really backs this up with the work Joe Dispenza is doing and many others. The HeartMath Institute is doing all kinds of studies on this as well, that the brain and the heart are linked, and it's also linked to physiology as well. And so if there is a trauma or a belief or a pattern or a habit that we keep reinforcing over and over again, it's going to have, you know, like a highway in the brain. When we have repeated a pattern and a belief, a story, and it's been validated and we've acted on it over and over and over again, it creates, you know, the, the neural pathways in the brain. And I, 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 I kind of akin this to like a six lane highway. When we've been having a pattern over and over and over again, it's like a six lane double highway in LA, you know? And when we've gotten to that much repetition, we've already moved into the subconscious mind. And so our choices are coming from an an unconscious place. We don't even know that we're reaching for that thing anymore. We don't even know that we're acting unconsciously because that highway is so habitual 
we it begins a pattern where we don't even know what's happening. And so when we talk about change happening, we've got to realize that there we already have these patterns in our brain and in our subconscious that are running the show. It's not like, oh, okay, I'm just going to quit smoking. I'm going to quit drinking. I'm going to start working out. I'm going to believe in myself. I'm going to I'm going to get a better job because that six lane double highway is a lot more forceful than, um, you know, on New Year's Day saying I'm going to do this once and then. And then the, that highway just grows over because we don't energize it for, the, for 20 years the way this other one has. And so one of the things that I think is really important is using quantum visualization to start to rewire the brain to with positive feedback and also positive visualizations that are very highly emotionally charged. This is this is definitely something you've heard of before with, you know, optimal performance is using positive emotional energy patterns to start to rewire the brain, because that's going to be our biggest, um, you know, challenge is the is the unconscious patterns that we don't catch. And we're going to think, oh, I screwed up. I said I was going to quit. I said I was going to start start. And this pattern's running the show. So we have to actually really actively on a daily basis, energize building a whole new freeway system within our brain for that this other thing is possible. That doesn't mean we don't act upon it, but it means we start building the future in our brain first so that we can drive our thoughts, that there's a place for them to go. And there's only so many places within the brain that we can go. So if we are energizing these new patterns with a lot of emotion and intensity, it'll start to pull from the building blocks of the other freeway system. So I think that the biggest thing is to start to win it first in the brain and then, you know, know that it's possible, feel that it's possible, have it, having experienced it over and over and over again in the mind first, then it becomes inevitable. So quantum visualization for me is a big game changer. I have all my clients doing that because I'm like, look, you have to envision what's possible, especially if there's some trauma where you think this isn't possible a healthier relationship or a healthier body, you know, success, whatever program you're trying to overwrite, better get busy at writing a new program because you can't move into a new dynamic with the old program running the show. You got to rewrite, rewrite the system first. Yeah. So that's one of my first of many yeah. um, tips. That it's, if you can't even picture it in your mind, how on earth do you know what you're going for? And, and as children, we do it all that we did it all the time you know we we pictured going places we pictured being things we pictured having mm-hmm. fun and we could we in that you know first 7 years where we're developing our subconscious mind we're crafting our reality we're crafting our future and then we don't anymore and we forget how to do that and and we wake up at 40 and we wonder why we can't envision a healthier relationship or a better job or, you know, a, a deeper meaning. Um, yeah, I, I think I, th- I really like that metaphor of the six lane highway because and, and even even going down to the detail of, of taking the blocks <laughs> from that highway to build the new one. Um, can you give us an example of maybe a client of yours that that has done that effectively or some change that they've created for themselves using um, just the quantum visualization technique? Yeah, um, and uh, I think this is first of all super powerful what you're what you're what you're what we're talking about right now, um, and it has applications in so many different ways. And like you said about the imagination of a four-year-old or a six-year-old or a seven-year-old, it's like, yeah, we knew we were the superhero. There was no question, yes. you know, it's like, I am this. And, you know, we, the programs of, hey, grow up, or that's not true, or that's silly, just starts to thwart that, thwart that imagination. And we actually, you know, the monkey brain here, this, this, the brain has a lot of false information in it. It has a lot of, you know, data that isn't even ours that's given to us from another generation that doesn't necessarily share our beliefs and definitely not our soul's mission. So um, we are dancing with the mind holding faulty programs. And so rewriting this is super vital. And um, one of the, one of the uh, examples of that is, is rewriting the health. And 
one of my clients, um, breast cancer, you know, had, had and has had multiple surgeries and a double mastectomy with breast cancer, um, you know, and, and, and realized that I've thousands of clients that are, that have come over decades that are dealing with all kinds of different issues, you know, and so it can, whether it's about your physical health, it can also be about, um, I'm safe, mm. or it's okay for me to be successful, or it's okay for me to say no, I don't have to always accommodate everybody else. And this was her particular issue is she was programmed to be the accommodator. Uh. You know, that was her program, make everybody else happy, be a good girl. And so when anybody needed anything, she was always there to the point where her energy body and emotional body was sick, her physical body dying, literally dying. And, um, you know, this was the opportunity to kind of say, hey, and this was the time for the shamanic truth teller. You know, it was just like, hey, who would you rather survive, the accommodator or you? You get to choose because only one is going to survive here. Um, the accommodator, if you want to keep her alive, that's fine. And she dies when you die, whenever that is, unless she dies before that, unless you decide that you are taking control and she's not. Um, because she was accommodating everybody, you know, mother, sister, everybody, t- anytime anybody had a drama, anytime anybody had a request, anytime anybody needed anything, she was always there because she wanted to always be the good girl. And she was really programmed like that. And I had that program too. And I was like, oh, screw it. You know, <laughs> you know, I, I have to let this one go. And it wasn't until my mid thirties, uh, like early, early thirties that I finally was like, okay, this is not, this is not it. I cannot energize this freeway. That I have to be the accommodator and accommodate everybody else. Here's the catch at the expense of myself. Like that is just not sustainable. And so in that situation, it was just giving the visualization of her having a thriving, healthy life and that it was okay and necessary for her to have clear boundaries. And this visualization of her being in her safe, cozy place so that her body could heal and that it was okay for her to close the door in her mind to that safe space, which might mean in real life, not answering the phone or saying no to Thanksgiving or not going uh, out on this night when somebody wants, you know, what they want from you. Um, and it was really, really liberating and really, really powerful for her. And um, she is thriving and doing phenomenal, by, by the way. Um, and I love her dearly. And uh, it, it 100% saved her life. That ability just to believe and dream into my life has value and see it see longevity, feel longevity, and also in imagine and in visual, you know, in envision that safe, clear boundary space that allowed her permission to claim that and say no to other people that kept wanting things from her. And she had frankly trained them to do so. Yeah. By being such a by by being such a fabulous accommodator. Yeah. yeah. That 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 you know, that's, that's probably step two, right? Is, you know, how can you, can you envision yourself in a new way? Can you envision your life in a way that's not, um, not being pulled in a thousand directions, but then there is the work, the practical conversational, (laughs) like, um, setting of new boundaries and new norms and new agreements with the people that are the closest to you, partners, lovers, sisters, friends, kids. I mean, the people that you are the closest to uh, see, expect a certain thing from you. It's just as you said, they, they expect you to, to be a certain way and to show up and, and to have a certain energy about you. But in order to, once you've you know gone through this process of envisioning yourself in a brand new way, which isn't easy and takes time and effort and then there's the conversations that need to happen after that about creating new boundaries. Can you, can you tell us, because I know that I know that this is part of what you do too. I'm just giving you softballs here, but like how, how, how can, how can we, how can we establish healthier boundaries as we continue to grow? 
um, we, we get to be really prepared. This is going to actually give us the opportunity to practice developing a healthier solar plexus. That's the, you know, the third chakra around identity and integrity and uh, my value and my worth that I determine that, that my mother doesn't determine that. My partner doesn't determine that. Um, my siblings don't determine that. My children don't determine it. My colleagues do not determine that. And really reclaiming that and bringing that home again, that solar plexus that is also the part of us that is discerning. Is this in alignment for me? Is this in the best for me? And, and this isn't about, you know, well, just be selfish and don't care about what anybody else thinks. But this is also about, look, no one's going to take care of you but you. And it's your responsibility not to outsource that to somebody else. And, you know, a healthy relationship with self will be claiming that responsibility for what do I need? And I, it's my responsibility to ask that of me. And, and, and somebody else that I have trained to lean on me inappropriately in a codependent relationship dynamic is going to be accustomed to leaning on me um, inappropriately, and since we're grown-ups, I'll get to the I'll get to have the opportunity to hold space for their tantrum that I'm renegotiating our agreement, right? Yeah, <laughs> right. Nice. We're renegotiating the agreement, and they're likely to throw a tantrum. But you always do this for me. Right. right. Well, you always answer my texts at two in the morning. You're always my girlfriend that I go to for this. Dad, you always do this. Sister, you always do that. Coworker, colleague, you know, parent, you know, the stories of enmeshment are are going to be addressed. All of the places that we're in any unhealthy enmeshment around our identity, our value, our self-worth. Are being the rescuer, being the accommodator, any way in which we have woven our identity into something that isn't really aligned or sustainable is going to get checked. Maybe that's with a health diagnosis. Maybe that is with relationship challenges. Maybe that is with um, financial chaos or whatever the wake-up call is, whatever the classroom is. Clear boundaries are 100% going to be a part of your awakening path because you're going to be renegotiating a lot of dynamics that have been unhealthy for decades. And so that is um, part of the liberation process. And you really get to cultivate this level of self-respect in the presence of your loved ones, fans, friends, colleagues, intense judgment or guilt uh, coming your way from where they're seeing it um, and not really respecting or understanding or having the capacity to really embrace or validate why you're making that choice. And this is going to invite you again to put on the, you know, the grown-up pants and be like, okay, this isn't about me. This is about them. I'm renegotiating this agreement. They're feeling threatened. They're feeling like I might, might abandon them. They're feeling that trigger of the parts of them that really want to evolve and grow. And I get to really embody that without taking the bait, without getting triggered and maintaining a level of compassion. So in that place, when we stand with our solar plexus more intact, then we're also going to be stretching that anahata. We're going to be stretching that heart, have compassion and kindness and understanding for the tantrum um, for the guilt bomb that is uh, for the emotional, you know, meltdown that may be right in our face about that from people that we love dearly and trust dearly and don't want to hurt. Um, but this isn't about hurting. This is about having healthier, you know, dynamics for both parties. Um, and they might not see it that way. Yeah. Well, rare, <laughs> rarely do they, right? And and I and I right. I know that you you've you've been through this very process, and 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 so have I. And to have the people that you love say, "What is your problem? Like, why 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 can't we why can't we go get hammered like we always do? Why why can't we go do something self destructive? Why can't we go get like? It's like in that moment." 
um, when you understand that this is not your thing, this is not this is not your thing. This is this is their thing, but you have contributed to this understanding and this paradigm that you've enabled this thing. There is your opportunity to practice. There is yeah. your boots on the ground, uh, chin up opportunity to grow without judgment upon them without coming down on them or, 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 or having to be their teacher, but just to like, there's the testing ground there. There is the chance to be your absolute best. And that is a tricky spot because it's, <laughs> it's sticky there, isn't it? It's hard. You know what? And because we have those patterns with that person, we might be evolving and know better, but then the old pattern might come in there and, the accommodator might come in or like, Oh dude, don't get so pissed at me. Like, all right, that's cool. All right. Let's, let's go party. Let's go out. And, and so if we're not quite ready to stand in that, that's our opportunity. That in itself is a classroom that says, wow, I just sold myself under the bus. I totally just bartered my truth. And those, those are the real hangovers that, that really hurt. You know, when we say yes, and we really, really don't. And so that's, again, when we're lying, because truth and honesty and integrity, remember, sits in that say, uh, that uh, third chakra, is that now we're betraying self. This isn't somebody else betraying us. Now we're be- betraying ourselves. And those are the most costly choices. And so even those are, you know, so sometimes we'll be better at other times, especially if we've been in a relationship with this person for decades, maybe it's a sibling, maybe it's a parent, maybe it's a bestie from, you know, you know, you know, childhood that um, we have these old patterns with, those will take some time to break. And I think coming with real honesty that says, hey, dude, or sister, like, hey, you matter to me, I care about you. You know, I'm not leaving you, I'm just growing. And hey, if you want to go take a run on the beach instead, if you want to go take a hike, you know, I'm here. Um, and it gives them the opportunity to evolve and and they may not. And and they may come, your biggest fan, you know, may turn into your biggest enemy at that point. And that's where you really get to practice saying, hey, you matter. It doesn't have to be like this. I'm here for you. I care about you. And this is my new normal. And... Um, you're totally welcome to meet me in this place or not. That's cool. I still love you. I still care about you. And I'm always here. Do you know? And, um, that's, and some relationships really will need to evolve because they'll become destructive, um, in the, in, in ways in which if they're not able to evolve and not able to meet you with that, then sometimes those people will be really bitter and, you know, may, may turn into your biggest hater instead of your biggest fan. And then you get to practice some more. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I laugh hysterically because it's, 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 you know, uh, the, the lessons never stop. They just change. Yeah. There's no finish line. There's no, there's no finish line period. But it does get easier. Yes. It does get easier. Like, Oh, I recognize this. This is, you know, a a codependent dynamic and I'm not going to engage this. And Oh, I recognize this triggered response. And so you get better at handling it. Yeah. Um, you really do. And sometimes you totally have an epic fail and you're like, Whoa, I know better. I've been doing better. And that I totally took the bait on that one. You know, what was it? Oh, it was the holidays. I was stressed. I was needing validation. I wasn't, I wasn't sleeping well. I was having, I call precarious consumption, (laughs) (laughs) meaning I'm like, precarious consumption might be I'm eating or drinking things that really don't serve me anymore. And I, 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 I'm going back to old eating patterns or old drinking patterns and like, it's not, uh, not doing well with it. And so I'm not in my center and not, not myself. So in that situation, um, when I'm tested, then I'm, you know, more likely to have an epic fail. (laughs) (laughs) You know? I like, I like that precarious consumption. I think that we've all, we've all, we've all dealt with that. Oh man. Um, so what, what's for someone that, that, that is thinking that's they're they're vibing with this and they're like, yeah, cool. I'm either, I'm either, I'm just beginning this journey 
and I'm making, you know, healthy choices for myself or I'm changing the way that I'm thinking about myself or, you know, um, you know, I'm listening to all these great podcasts, um, including the Shamanjelic Healing Podcast, which uh, at the point this is being recorded is not does not exist yet, will be by the time that it's published. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. It will be live with four or five episodes, epic episodes. Um, yes. So thank you for that. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I would say for somebody just kind of starting out, they're vibing with this. They're like, okay, I want to make change. Um, starting with number one, but let's just here. I'll, five tips. Number one would be that quantum visualization. What version of you do you want to energize? If if you know what you don't want, because it's your life is screaming at you, your physical body, emotional body, energy body, your relationship body, finances, whatever it is that's trying to get your attention to evolve and grow, um, whatever isn't working, because I'm sure you know very well what isn't working in your life because it's the parts of your life that hurt, that suck. <laughs> you know, you know what that is, you know? And so if you're listening to this, it's probably because some part of you is ready and so hungry and wanting to make a change or, or, or do it differently. Um, and so one of those things I would say is definitely envision, well, what do you want if you know what you don't want? It's, it helps you to clarify, okay, this is my new health. This is my new relationship. This is my new, I want to see it happening. Two, let's start get, getting some accountability that says, okay, what are the action steps? Just one thing that I can do today, one thing which might be to take a walk. If it was a health goal, it might be to get, um, you know, sign up for the gym. It might be just let me go to a yoga class, whatever it is. One thing that moves me in that direction each day. It can just be a little thing. You know, it's just one thing that I can just move, move me in that direction. And I think one thing that really helps with that, because we're so crafty avoiders, Sean, we're so fabulous at making excuses and, putting it off and getting distracted and, and all of that is, is, um, asking, uh, an assign, a, an accountability partner, you know, that says, okay, maybe it's a friend, maybe it's your partner that says, listen, I'm totally bullshitting myself on this thing of how bad my health has gotten. And I, I haven't been able to break this pattern on my own. I could use an accountability buddy. What are you working on and how can I be accountable for you? And, and it could be, a t you know, one could be with fitness and somebody else could be with finances or, or with alcohol or whatever. And so it says, okay, yeah, let's be each other's accountability buddy that says, okay, well, what couple things do you want to have done by this time Sunday? Mm -hmm. You know, and so periodic check-ins are essential. And if you're not capable of holding yourself accountable because you're just not that willful yet, you're not that structured yet, um, than or disciplined yet. Yeah. So find yourself the accountability buddy. Um, so that that way, you know, you can set periodic check-ins, which is like every Sunday, how did I do this week or, and, you know, which can be by text and also what are the, you know, two or three things that I want to do by this time next week so that it, it's not just a reporting, but it's also an intending. So it helps you to plan ahead as well. That's really helpful is having, um, I think, some kind of third-party help to hold you accountable. Somebody you trust, but that is not going to let you um, slide. That, that, that's a huge, that's a really huge thing. What I've experienced with, with many of my coaching clients, who many yeah. of, of which are professionally very successful, um, have climbed you know, the corporate ladder, they've, they've received a lot of accolades, they work really hard, they're highly intelligent, and they do this manifestation, quantum visualization every single day in their job. And it's why they can create so much. And mm -hmm. one of the side products of being that smart is that you can talk yourself out of anything. You right. Can, you can justify every cookie, every passive aggressive comment. You can, you can talk yourself into and out of just about anything and to be totally convincing. It's this intellectualization of, of the self. And, and until you have someone that's with you and saying, no, no, knock that shit <laughs> off. Yeah. You, you're doing it again. You're doing it again. 
it's, you don't want a yes person here in right. your accountability study. You don't want a yes person. You want somebody that 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 cares about you enough to say, "What is this really about?" Because I know you do want better health, or I know you do want a better relationship. What is this really about? You know, somebody that's willing to call you out. You know, we don't want a yes people. You know, every every leader really needs people that is able yes. to, uh, that is able to be honest with them when they're making a mistake or you know making a choice that really isn't in the highest alignment. We all need a counsel, you know, and especially that part of us that is is so crafty and that that ego. It's so. It's so sinisterly, you know, so strategic um, that you definitely, especially with someone intelligent like that, you need somebody that can spar at this at that same level for sure. Um, So I would say accountability is definitely um, super valuable. And then also affirmations, you know, and like throughout the day, remember, we're building a whole new we're building a whole new freeway with a whole new identity, a whole new set of possibilities, a whole new what is possible. Um, and so when a heart is really energized with that emotional state, that's when when we build it faster. So for doing that with visualization, that's one thing. But if we can also be doing that with um, images and affirmations that make us feel that. So I have reminders on my phone. I have, you know, vision board. I'm definitely going to be using a daily mantra. And my mantra, it's not just like, I'm a thriving, radiant, you know, happy, joyful. I mean, you want to be feeling it. So a daily affirmation where you're energizing how it feels to be thriving, vibrant, how it feels that relationship, even if you're not in it right now. Even if you're still in the hospital right now, you've got to be envisioning that and you've got to be saying, um, not only seeing it, but feeling it with words, visuals, affirmations, things on the phone, you know, things on the refrigerator, things on the mirror. And I'm just all about reminding me, am I feeding that? Am I feeding that? So affirmations to me come in many forms. I use them all because I'm a silly, um, stubborn, old programmed, you know, (laughs) programmed with false programs, uh, um, being human being. And I know that, uh, it's going to take me persistence, um, to overwrite those programs. So I, I feel like, Hey, I, I got to use it all. Cause <laughs> there's a lot, there's a lot to rewrite. You I, know, <laughs> I just have this, like, I'm just imagining like walking into your office and seeing like, your vision board and like yes. stuff written on the wall and post-it notes. And I mean, is that you? Is it, is it all over the place? It, you know, it, I have it in lots of places and my house is just a big sanctuary for things that remind me, you know, there's Buddhas, even though I'm not a Buddhist, it's just like, yeah, but he's peaceful. Yeah. He just reminds me every time I look at a Buddha in my house, I'm like, Oh yeah. You know? And so I have reminders all over the place, um, because I am, you know, a human with it has a human uh, brain that's programmed by somebody else. So I realize that I'm going to have to be consistent and persistent with rewriting my, the chapters of life where I'm in the driver's seat and thriving. Um, because those old programs, they're sneaky. They come in pretty quickly. So I would say affirmations is a big part of, of, of keeping that in the forefront of your brain, keeping it conscious so that when we're reaching for that other thing habitually, if we've had these affirmations fresh in our brain because we saw a reminder on our phone or we looked at something and it's fresh, it brings those unconscious choices to the forefront of saying, why am I reaching for this right now? Is this putting me in the direction of my yes, or is it, or is it the choice of my past, or is it the choice of my fu- the future version of me that I'm becoming? Yeah. And um, that, like, is that you know who is reaching for this thing right now? Who is responding to this thing? Is it the old version of me or the person I'm becoming? And it's just like, oh, no, the person I'm becoming doesn't make that choice anymore. Oh, okay. Right. And so it helps me even with those um, unconscious choices that are happening throughout the day, kind of check them. Yeah. So that's 
that's super helpful as well. Yeah, that that the the thing that's the place where I see people getting caught up in some of this is is again intellectualizing the process and writing an affirmation or constructing my vision board is back behind my desk here uh <laughs> is is like oh yeah I see it cool I get it I have seen it before but but taking just like 10 seconds or less to right. to let your body feel what that feels like to have everything that you want or at least be walking that path and to be striving to the type of person that you want to be to serve in a way that also brings you abundance and joy and love and excitement and happiness and uh, the body that you want and even the car that you want and to be able to do that you have to like let it sink into your bones and and I think I think within these practices it's easy to just kind of like okay i'm doing the thing i'm doing the thing and now i gotta go um rather than just taking just a few seconds to like really let it come into your body because without that physiological connection with that goal it's just uh it's you're going through the motions exactly you're just you're just in the ether or the air with it it's just a thought it isn't embodied yet and so the feeling body is actually where we're rewiring not only our consciousness, but our identity. We're rewiring who we are and how we respond to things versus reacting to things. We're rewiring our beliefs. We're rewiring our priorities and also what is really our mission and what is not. We're, we're defining ourselves at a whole nother level that is actually moving into the visceral tissue so that the body is also, we're building the body that fits that as well. Yeah. You know, so, because the, you know, all the brain is what creates the chemicals for the body. And if we're in anxiety, if we're in, in dissonance, then the nervous system is going to be off and we're going to be in this state of dis-ease. That's not human optimization. That's the opposite of that. And so those being, just being with those feelings is also what brings us back into alignment, calms the nervous system. It helps dissolve any part of that which isn't us right in this moment. And it helps us to um, drop into the parasympathetic nervous system that allows the body to heal so that we're rewiring anxiety as well. So that's really powerful is, is those states where we're just coming into that calm, still reflection. Maybe it's with our vision board. Maybe it's with meditation. Maybe it's with quiet breathing. Maybe it's just sitting in nature that is just allowing us to come back to our center and listen to whatever is not in alignment right now and listen to what the body, the emotions, the uh, our energy and our consciousness is trying to communicate and get through so that we can make adjustments to stay in alignment. So without those periodic visits, into self-inquiry, we get off track really easily. Um, yeah. Even if we have a great vision board and da, da 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 if we're not having that kind of daily drop-in, it's just so easy to navigate off course. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it, you're it, <laughs> totally right. So whatever the thing is, you know, go sit in the grass in the backyard, go go into a float tank, meditate, you know. Uh, find find the whatever way there's no right there's no right way it's just whatever way that works for you that makes you feel feel like you're in line with, with what you want um, right and if if that if there if you don't know if if what works for you doesn't that doesn't map yet because you haven't tried anything else then you know maybe you haven't tried meditation or float tank or um you know just sitting still in nature and so it might be that the choices that you used to make, uh, the the thriving doesn't sit in, the answers don't sit in that. And so it's also going to invite you to try different things for self-calming that maybe are not currently in your daily practices. Yeah. So that's, that's you know, my next, my last two are block timing. Big, big, big one is block timing from business, from parenting, from everybody else from relationships so that you have that downtime to reflect, to get clear, to get centered, to listen, to strategize, 
to replenish, you know, that block time. And for me, the, the, the fifth one is, you know, morning, morning routines that are like, okay, self-care and prioritizing what I need first means phone is on airplane mode. I don't take calls. I don't answer emails. I don't do anything for every, anybody else before I take care of myself. And I've, you know, go, have gone a long way from being the accommodator to my time. Yeah. <laughs> Mine mine. <laughs> and I, and in that place, I just, I get so nourished and so filled up and also so clear about how the day is going to run. Even if there's all kinds of chaos happening that day, I'm much more able to respond to it than react to it. I'm much more able to respond with the person I'm becoming than the reactive, insecure, accommodator, needy, um, agitated, irritated person um, that is more where I was than who I'm becoming. And so when I sit with that quiet time, I think that's super vital to help run the day better. You, you know, it, it doesn't mean it's always easy or that there aren't complications, but you can handle those with a lot more grace and consciousness and make a lot fewer messes throughout yeah. the day. <laughs> what, what, what do you do in the morning? What, what do you like? What, what's Walk us through your morning routine. So morning routine, first thing, water. Like I'm going to drink just a ton, tons of water. Second, okay, bathroom, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like that's go hand so in hand. Do you drink water right? as okay, soon as you wake up before you go I, potty? Yeah. So I'm going to chug a bottle. There's always two glasses of water by the bed. So because that's going to just keep me hydrated and fluid. And that's really vital for me. So water always right by the bed. Um, and I think part of the morning routine has to do with the night routine that electronics are off after a certain period of time or anything that is on only on certain nights, it's going to be the, you know, a blue blocker glasses so that I'm not having EMFs, you know, and, and blue light at night. So, um, like not ha going to bed early allows my morning routine to really happen with a lot of energy too. So my morning routine starts with going to bed earlier yeah. and kind of like clearing out the unnecessary distractions that are keeping my, my sleep from happening. So first thing in, in the, is, is water. Then I'm going to go into meditation for sure. Like quiet, like deep quiet. Cause I'm still in that, uh, semi awake state, you know, so I'm going to go into meditation and use that time. I split up my meditation into three parts. The first part is just shush, you know, quiet. That's the samadhi. I'm not talking to the angels. I'm not praying for anything. I'm not doing quantum visualizations. I'm just calming the nervous system and really getting the pineal and the pituitary glands activated so that higher consciousness is opening Oh, those states of aware, greater awareness. Um, and that's harmonizing the brain chemistry as well. So I'll do breathing exercises in the morning during that meditation before meditation. Second part of my meditation is like, all right, quantum. Uh, this is where I sit with divine guidance. I open and receive. I just ask for, I just sit quietly and speak with, you know, divine guidance, my higher self, you know, my spiritual counsel and say, okay, I'm open to receive whatever message, whatever inspiration. Then the third part of my meditation is quantum visualization. I'm going to get all over visualizing for my business, my health, relationships, everything. I'm going to come out of that meditation so excited um, and like lit up to the point where I'm crying tears of joy. I want that much emotion because that is what it makes the, that, that, that uh, beautiful freeway go double time is when the emotional states are so high that like tears are coming out. Mm. You're like, I'm so happy with what I've already experienced and the success that I've already experienced. I'm laughing. I'm loving it so much that I'm, I'm crying tears of joy and gratitude. Like that's what I want every morning. Wow. Um, I that, know that's, that, that's cool. That's, I, that's I don't, the best fact. I've, I've not <laughs> heard that before. I've not heard that, that, I mean, it makes sense, but I've not, I've not heard that someone's daily practice, its goal is to weep with excitement and joy and gratitude at the end of the meditation. That's killer. hundred percent because now we're going triple time on the building the new pathway. 
the new the new freeway because with the heart math you know with the heart math institute what they're talking about and with the joe dispenza work on you are the placebo um, and becoming supernatural all of that is talking about when the when the heart is in sync with the brain woo quantum acceleration that's that's what i'm that's the juice yeah um, and so that rewrites it and wires it in there really great. So I love that. That means it's not maybe this will happen. It's just a matter of time. I've already experienced it so many times. I'm experiencing morning blissgasms, then I'm, I'm good, you know? Yeah. That's a great way to start the day. Yeah. Right? So that's the first part of my morning is that kind of, you know, trifecta meditation experience. Um, then I'm going to go into yoga and stretching and definitely some spinal, uh, spine flexion, lat, you know, lateral side, everything. I want to get that spine super juicy because that's a big part of longevity is making sure that spinal fluid is sending circulation to all of the organs and um, all the systems in the body. So I wake up the body with like 20 minutes of yoga. Um, then I'll do 20 minutes of weights or rebounding. So, you know, high intensity training for about 20 minutes, something like that. So that's my morning like routine. And it, it, it kind of varies in time and duration. Um, or I'll go like to, this morning with spin class. It's like, okay, I'm going to keep my meditation and then I'm going to go for spin class instead of yoga. So it, that changes up each morning. And then depending on what's happening, I might just take a half an hour of focused intention. What, what needs to be accomplished today? What is going, this is where we come to block time that says, I don't want to go into the office. I don't want to go into relationship. I don't want to go into conversation until I'm really, really clear about what is the priority thing that needs to get done today yeah. so that I'm not just in this illusion that I'm busy, which is not productive. I don't, I, 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 I've been calling myself like, bullshit on myself on that quite a bit of like, wow, I, I, I'm, I did a lot. You're like, yeah, but I didn't do important things today. Yeah. So <laughs> block timing to me is also really part of figuring out what is the most important things that need to happen during this hour. Everything else gets off. I don't get out of the chair. I don't do anything but that thing. And I'm not leaving until that's done. And I prioritize what really out of the 20 things that need to get done today which ones are the most important and I block time those first. And they may not be the ones that I want to do, but that's yeah. what moves the people forward. I want the ones that are like, these are the ones that are going to make a difference in my health or in my business or whatever it is. I do the, the priority tasks first. Yeah. Yeah. That is a humdinger of a morning routine. <laughs> that is a humdinger. Yeah. yeah that's great. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's really great. That's really cool. Uh, hopefully everybody I'm before, you know, I'm going to go back and do the pre-reading and have people take out their notes because, um, that, that you're just dropping gold on here on me today. <laughs> um, you know, going back to some of the earlier things that we said about, you know, the solar plexus and the chakra and, um, visualization and stuff like that. Like, what do you say? This is, I, and have an idea what you're going to say in response to this, but what do you say to people that poo poo it? Like the naysayers that, that, that just marginalize the woo. And I don't want to hear that. If it's not science, I don't I'm want to hear it. I'm like, cool. You definitely don't want any part of this. I'm like, you're, you're totally right. This is not for you, you know? And like, Hey, whatever you are doing, good luck with it. Hey, if that works, do it. Yeah. Like if this does not work for you, if it's not your jam, that's cool. Like there are many paths. There are many ways to the top of the mountain, you know? And like, uh, you know, when somebody isn't ready, they're not ready. And just because it's my medicine doesn't mean they're ever going to be ready for that. It may not be ever be a fit for them, right. which doesn't mean there's anything wrong with where they're at because they're getting the medicine that they need or the lesson or the teaching that they need in the form that they need it. Sometimes people come across a book and that's their wake up call. Sometimes people come across AA and that's their wake up call. They're just like, you know what? I'm done with alcohol. This is what I got to do. Some people land in prison. Sometimes it's a divorce. Sometimes it's a diagnosis. It doesn't matter to me how people come to their awakening. What matters to me is when somebody is hungry and ready that they have what they need. 
And what's great about now is there's so many forms, there's so many ways, there's so many people, there's there's books, there's online courses, there's coaches like you and I, there's healers like you and I, there's like online stuff. There is something for everybody. And if if this podcast isn't resonating, that's cool. Yeah. They'll find like they then they've already tuned out. But the people that are listening right now, this is for you. This is, you know, there is something here for you. And I have no problem with people finding their own way. That's how we make it real and authentic. And there's so many flavors right now. I love being on the planet right now. It's so awesome. You know, and this is why I started Shamanjelic Healing, because 20 plus years ago when I was going through my dark night, there wasn't as much stuff. There was there was a lot more than there was 20 years before that. Um, but I just it, it wasn't as mainstream as it is now. And I just feel that I want to be able to help people that are going through their dark night and, and, and being able to meet them in whatever level of readiness they are, it, you know, and that's where with my practice is this is for anybody wherever they're at. If they're if they want to make a change, even if it's just a little bit, I'll meet them right in that place and we'll figure out a plan. So if someone's like, yeah, this is bullshit, I'm like, you're totally right. Because that is their truth. And I have no reason in any way to disagree with that. They're right. It's that, not a fit. That's, that's cool. <laughs> that's what I thought you might say. That's what I, that's about what I expected. Yeah, that's well said. There's no uh, one way for sure. <laughs> yeah, no, no, there's, we, we are, we are fortunate enough to be alive at a time where there are, there are so many paths. There are so many opinions and so many of them are, are, are functional and effective for different people at different times in their life. Yeah. Right. I'm with you. Right. The yoga, like there's yoga in prisons now. You know, you can, yeah. you can get the Kali Lamas on YouTube, you know? So, I mean, <laughs> like, there really is something for everybody. Yeah. There, there really is, which is exciting. And I'm grateful to be a part of, uh, you know, a huge um, and beautiful congregation collaboration of, of soul family that is, you know, really showing up and delivering some incredible content and tools and resources for people that are struggling. You know, and that's all of us. I'm still struggling. I'm still like, hmm, how do I do this? Because now I'm still growing and learning. What does this look like at the next level for me? Right. And so, you know, I'm not done growing. I have a lot more to learn. And uh, I'm just having a blast, you know. <laughs> it's just, it, it's, it's fun. <laughs> it, I can tell. And the people that are listening, they can tell too. They can tell too. So for folks that do jive, the folks that are with it, that are tracking and that love what you're saying, um, how can they find you? How can they get a hold of you? What's the best way to connect? Okay. Well, the shamangelichealing.com is my website and that has everything on it. The Shamangelic Healing Podcast is on the website there. It's on YouTube. It's on iTunes. It's on Stitcher. So there's some epic, you know, episodes that launched in those first couple weeks. There's some great stuff and more stuff coming every week or two. We'll be always having wonderful things. So the Shamanjelic Healing Podcast. For your listeners, I want to do um, something I don't normally do is give away this, this guided visualization, which is an audio that kind of guides people through the process of that guided visualization experience that I was talking about. You know, so... Um, I want to give that to your um, listeners for free and also $100 off my Quantum Leap, which is my 12-month uh, high-performance coaching. I'm a certified high-performance co coach with Brennan Burchard. And uh, so I take that program and also weave in a lot of uh, my tools and resources for the last two decades and create 12-month online um, videos and audios and ex sizes each month with a um, with a Facebook group for accountability. And um, so that is epic. And I want to give $100 off because that you can start that anytime. And every month they get great content and exercises that they can refer back to and do over and over again and help them create a phenomenal year wherever they start. So beautiful. I'm here in Sedona doing retreats and, and all kinds of epic stuff. So 
I do private sessions and retreats and all of that. And you are going to come and um, visit, bring the whole crew, bring all the kids, bring oh, yeah. everybody and, and road trip. Um, when it's cold and wet in Seattle, then come down here to Sedona and and uh, winter with me here. <laughs> we will, we will for sure. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get my little ones uh, hanging out in a vortex. They, they, oh, for sure, yeah. for sure. Yeah. So, um, I, what I like to do in order to close out this episode, which has been so much fun, I would, I mean, for the sake of time, we have to stop. But <laughs> but hopefully, you'll have me on yours, or we'll do a part Absolutely. two or something like that 100%. because we're just getting going. Yeah. But um, yes. if you would, I'd like to end with a fill in the blank. Um, mm. so if you would, please, um, fill in the blank. Everyone would benefit from knowing. Themselves. <laughs> Anahata. No, no, one, <laughs> no one else can do that. Um, uh, yeah. And everyone would benefit from knowing themselves. Yeah. Beautiful. Sure. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Optimal Performance Podcast. Oh, it's been such a pleasure. And I want to just, just honor you. Total appreciation for everything that you're doing. You've got your hands in law, all these different kinds of projects to really help people go to the next level. And being an epic father and an amazing partner and entrepreneur, I just want to acknowledge everything you're doing. And thank you for helping to raise the next generation of leaders that are conscious, that know who they are. Hmm. So thank you for doing everything that you're doing. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you very yeah. much. Yeah, for sure. I see you, brother. I see you. <laughs> All right. I see you. Wonderful. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Blessings. Ladies and gentlemen, Anahata Ananda. As you can tell from that conversation, she has a lot of wisdom to share. And hopefully you were taking notes on the five steps to transform yourself you know the the habit of visualizing what you want in the world what you want to bring toward yourself what you want to be when you grow up is massively powerful and it doesn't have to be woo it doesn't have to be out there you know it's backed by increasing science that shows that mentality is so much a part of performance hopefully you like this episode as always subscribe share this episode if you digged it dug it diggin and uh, we'll see you next week on the Optimal Performance Podcast.